Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to Single Sounds. I am the host of this podcast, Katie Mack, and I usually interview single Londoners who are looking for dates. But this week is a how-to expert episode. Due to these being so popular back in December, I decided to bring them back once a month. So this is the first one of 2024. It is the last week of January, which means I am in a sunny location to celebrate my birthday, but also getting a little bit nervous as there's only two weeks left until my live show and my two-year anniversary of Single Sounds. If you've bought a ticket, you are my favorite person. Thank you. And if you haven't but are considering it, let me tempt you with some facts as to why you should come. Number one, you are going to make unforgettable memories. This isn't your typical dating event where you just get put in a room with singles. And you can see the comedians on my Instagram, Molly and Phil. They are going to give you quite a show. Number two, it's interactive. So if you want to, there is absolutely no pressure, by the way, you can get involved and participate in some live matchmaking. Number three, there is guaranteed laughter. It's rare you can guarantee this. I know, but trust me I can number four is connection and relatability dating is a topic that everyone can relate to in some way it's why it is my favorite topic shared experience of navigating this crazy modern dating world is not one to miss out on also plenty of people come solo to my last show and made some great new friends everyone is so friendly just say hey and introduce yourself or message me I can introduce you pre-show to some other people that are coming number five escape from routine who knows who you might meet or what you might learn from coming to the show as it's not your everyday activity and number six finally supporting the podcast if you have ever enjoyed any content from single sounds this is the best way to show your appreciation for the show and contribute to its continuation without the show and people attending i wouldn't be able to keep going genuinely <laughs> So if this all sounds amazing, get your tickets now. The link is in the show notes and in my bios on social media. So the topic of this week's episode is success in dating. So you want success in dating in 2024, don't we all? But how do you set yourself up for this success? What does that mean to you? What would it look like? And how do we get there? Claire Grigson joins me today to answer all these questions and more from the perspective of a trained dating and relationship coach. We also answer some of the listener questions I got from Instagram relating to paying for dating apps, choosing partners based on your parents and escaping the friend zone. So Claire, give an introduction to yourself and um, your dating coach journey and your style of coaching as well. I feel like that's quite unique, isn't it, between like each dating coach? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Claire Gregson. I'm a dating and relationship coach. I'm based up in Edinburgh in Scotland. And 
Yeah, I got into coaching about three and a half years ago. And just to give you a bit of background on me, because it's quite interesting, I'm a veterinary surgeon by trade, Mm. been in the profession for 16 years. I run a veterinary coaching business. But the reason that I came into dating coaching myself was I had a lot of challenges in my personal life. So six years ago, I got divorced. I'd been in that relationship for 14 years from the age of 19 to 33. So stepping into the dating world as a 33-year-old woman for the first time was exciting and also shit scary. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. There was like Tinder and Bumble. And back in the day when I last dated, which, you know, was however many years ago, you met people in the local nightclub and you snogged them after like your triple vodka and lemonade and then you went home with them. That was kind of like, (laughs) that was what dating was. So it was a a really like a new world that I was stepping into. And what basically happened was for the first few years of my own personal dating journey, I went on a lot of dates, a lot like dozens of dates. And I noticed that I was in a pattern of dating the same type of guy. And these guys were emotionally unavailable they were more avoidant in terms of their attachment style and things always felt like a roller coaster Mm. there was a lot of inconsistency I didn't know where I stood with them I felt anxious a lot of the time and at that point I recognized that there was a pattern there but I didn't know how to break it and I went on my own sort of personal development journey. So there was a few things that had happened in between those times. So I'd had a couple of bereavements. I'd lost my best friend. There'd been a lot of loss that had happened in my life. And it looked like from the outside, I was coping really, really well. But actually, I was struggling internally. And that's Mm. because I'd never taken the time to get to know myself, to understand myself, to build that self-relationship. So I did a couple of things. I went to therapy not for the first time. I'd been to therapy before when I was married to marriage counsellors. But I also was part of a group coaching programme. And being part of that coaching programme honestly changed my life. It gave me a relationship with myself. I understood myself better. And I realised that I wanted to go on and support other people in the same way. So at this point, I was still dating. I was still in patterns that I was very aware of but didn't have the tools to break them. So I worked with a coach myself specifically on this area um, of my dating life. And it was completely transformational. And I was very lucky that at the time I had just graduated as a coach myself. Mm. And my own coach recognized she could see my potential to work in this field. And she's like, I'm going to mentor you, Claire. Like, I will teach you all the things that you need to know to go into this field and to support other women. And that's exactly what's happened and it's just been incredible to be able to break free of those patterns myself but then to be able to help other women to do the same things and to say that you've been through it so you actually understand absolutely and I think there's so much power in that when you can speak to somebody and first of all you can say I understand because you genuinely do not everybody's journey is exactly the same but you're like I understand how it feels to be really anxious when you're dating or to be dating a particular type of man and not being able to break away from that but also to be able to say look it is completely possible and I have the tools that can help you and support you with this to make that lasting change and I absolutely love that I start off usually when my clients come to me they're aware there's a pattern they're like I'm stuck Claire I'm dating the same type of guy (laughs) or dating's feeling really difficult or feel really anxious about it 
and I want to meet somebody I'm not sure if it's possible but I want it to be and there is no better feeling than when I take them through that journey Mm. and they get to the end and usually they have met someone at this point and if they haven't they're like I know that I've got everything that I need to make this relationship that I want possible Mm. and just to see them build that strong relationship with themselves as well so there's lots of different things I do I do um so classical coaching which is basically asking people questions to help them come to their own insights there's a mentoring element to what I do so I've spent almost six years on the dating apps I I know how they work inside (laughs) out I know how you can get from conversation to on an in real life date with someone writing a good dating bio but also a key part of what I do is nervous system regulation okay so a lot of the the issues that people face in dating is they get stuck in patterns because they react to things they feel very anxious so they feel like they want to pull away Mm. and they don't have the tools to regulate themselves in that moment so that they can ground and make a different choice to make a choice that's more empowering for them so my coaching is very practical it's not just asking questions it's actually teaching my clients tangible tools and techniques that they can use on an ongoing daily basis and that has a positive effect in every area of their life, not yeah, just their love life. that's interesting. So yeah. they can, I guess what you kind of described there was an avoidant attachment style when yeah. you pull away from yeah. something that potentially might be a good relationship. Yeah. But then I guess some of your clients could also be anxiously attached. So then they chase, chase, chase. Yeah, absolutely. And the majority of my clients are anxiously attached. That was my mm. attachment style. I am now um, much more towards the secure Secure, end of the spectrum. And I say this to people, right? It's attachment style is a spectrum. It's not fixed. It's not Mm. like a label, a box or pathology. It's an awareness. And when you have the awareness of what your tendencies tend to be and you have the tools to regulate and make different choices, you move more towards secure. Secure, But that can change depending on the other person's attachment style as well. So most of my clients are anxiously attached. I do get some women come to me who lean more avoidant. But basically the principles are the same. It's like different sides of the same coin. So Mm. it's still the same sort of things that you can use with them. So yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's just so rewarding. It must be to see people progress to having a stable secure relationship yeah when they come to you say they're so frustrated yeah and you know some of the women that I've worked with are in their 40s and they've been stuck in these patterns for decades Mm. or they've been in long long relationships and they've come out of it and they're like I don't know what I'm doing and I, I know the kind of relationship that I want but I know that I'm not choosing the right people and just for them to actually experience for themselves that change is possible it's incredible and I think it's amazing for other people to hear that as well because then they can go well if if she's done it I can do it too and it is absolutely possible so yeah I love it it's so so rewarding that's nice so to clarify who do you usually work with yeah so I usually work with women who identify with being more anxiously attached Mm -hmm. so the women like a specific age range um, so the women that I normally work with, I would say are 30s and 40s. Okay. It's quite a, a broad age range because I guess that attachment style doesn't discriminate when it comes to age. We can be anxiously <laughs> yeah. attached at any point. And I guess it's just at the point that a woman comes to her own journey when she identifies that she feels stuck or there's a pattern mm. and she's like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So 
Yeah, and a lot of the women I work with, they are professional, they're high achieving, or they're entrepreneurial, and they're absolutely smashing it in every other area of their life, but they just feel in their love life like, I'm stuck. Yeah, they can't get it. Yeah, I'm stuck, and I don't want to be here, and I want things to change, but I just don't know how to do that, and... I would also say that a lot of my clients are quite like me. They tend to be like high energy. They're fun to be around. Mm. And I guess it's because you kind of attract in the people that are sort of similar to you, like energetics wise, but it's fun as well. Like, you know, the coaching experience, although it's, it's, it is core serious. I'm helping these women with serious problems. You get to have fun along the way. And and, it's a fun topic. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of my podcasts is I wanted to make it a bit more fun. Yeah. Just the whole experience of, you know, just trying something new, being a bit different. I think that goes such a a long way in dating, just doing something that's slightly out of your type, your comfort zone. It can make all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's where the growth is as well. That's when you start to learn, like, what do I not want? But more importantly, what do I want? Mm Because if you have noticed that you're in a pattern of dating a certain type of person, try stepping away from it. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first, but you might go, oh, do you know what? I've realized from dating this new person that someone who's, I don't know, super ambitious, important to me, or someone who's really kind, someone who, when you go out to the cafe, like they thank the waitress and they're like, oh, hope you have a great day. And just starting to notice what are those things that you value that perhaps you've not actually witnessed in other people that you've been with before. Mm. What problems in dating do you see time and time again from your clients? Okay, so the problems that I see, probably the biggest one with the clients that I work with is they are choosing men who are emotionally unavailable who are inconsistent who Mm. don't know what they want but they are trying to prove their worth but they're like oh but he's so hot oh but (laughs) I really fancy him oh he's really sexy and they chase and they chase so basically they are choosing people who trigger their anxious attachment yeah and they're acting from that place rather than going okay this person is triggering my anxious attachment and I'm actually going to see this as a time to step, step back, away, yeah. step away and go, what do I want? Is this person actually showing up in the way that I need them to? So usually there's a there's a pattern there and, and it can be quite a deeply ingrained pattern around that. But I guess the other things I see is just people feeling really frustrated with dating, mm. feeling really drained with the, the dating apps. They feel really disillusioned. They feel disappointed. They're like, is this ever going to happen for me? I don't think I can go on any more dates. Like dating fatigue. I also speak to women who go like, I match with loads of people, but I can't seem to get it to an in real life date. It's just a lot of Mm. people that are kind of wasting my time. Useless conversation. Yeah, Yeah. or there's no kind of real intention behind that. Or saying like, you know, I'm I'm meeting people and they're, they're nice people, but I'm not feeling that instant spark and... Uh, I'm not actually wanting to continue that on and I think it's kind of giving people that that knowledge um and for them to start understanding themselves better to understand okay what are the things that are helping mm. me and what are the things that are hindering me um but also looking at ways of making dating like dating gets to feel fun dating yeah. gets to be fun it doesn't have to be this thing where you're like sitting people down for a coffee for a job interview and being like does he tick all the boxes on my list or does she tick all the boxes 
it gets to be more of like an experiential thing where you're like, I'm just connecting with another human. Yeah. Let's just be open and see if Take we the pressure off it a bit. Yeah. yeah. And I always say that as well. I'm like, if you go on to every date thinking, oh my God, is this person going to be a husband? Oh my God, is this person going to be my wife? Mm. It puts so much fucking pressure on it. Like step back a little bit and go, this is just me meeting another human to have a conversation and connect yeah don't put a label on it you don't even need to call it a date if you don't want to just be like I'm just going to meet this person and see what happens and I've actually applied that myself a lot over the last 18 months and what's been amazing is I've actually made some really cool friendships from it like met guys where I've been like do you know what you are so interesting I could talk to you all day there's not that romantic vibe, but I would still like to have you in my life and like develop that friendship. And I think if you go into dating, like assessing people to see mm. if they're just a romantic match, it almost closes off all those opportunities. Because I think the way I see it is if you go on a date with someone and you vibe, but it's not romantic, the chances are if you think they're a cool person, they're going to know other cool people. Yeah. So, you know, you could they could invite you to a party or they invite you for a night out and you go along and they introduce you to one of your pa- their pals and you're like, oh, I like, like him. Yeah. I like him or I like her and there's a vibe. And I think it's just about looking at almost like broadening your network of people and going, how can I get myself in front of other people that are potentially a good match for me? And a good way to do that is if you meet someone and you vibe with them on whatever level, they're probably going to be vibing with other people that are similar to Mm. that too and just sort of opening that up. I keep hearing about people doing these dates where they set them up in the morning and they go for like a coffee. And to me, that just sounds like a business meeting. And it's kind of what you said earlier. If you're in the mindset of, I need to check that this person's, you know, ticking off all these boxes, that must be such a bad mindset to go into on a date because you are treating it like it's an interview. You're not actually even checking if you guys get on yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to catch them out on all these details and then write them off for something that you think you need it but you might not even need it as a requirement yeah absolutely and I think it's really important to be mindful of where you go on dates and I don't think there's anything wrong with coffee dates no. if you're going into it with that like relaxed approach but I think if yeah you're going on, into on it a with, like, Saturday the afternoon yeah not like I've literally heard of people doing it before work And I was like, that is crazy. I would definitely recommend against doing that if at all possible. And I think especially as women, so I'm going to speak from like the women perspective here, Mm -hmm. but generally like when we're going into work, we're going into that like doing action and being in more of that masculine energy. And when we are going out on a date, we want to be feeling relax we want to be feeling fun and playful and good about ourselves and it's really hard to do that if you're squeezing in a date just before work or yeah. on your lunch or break. on your lunch yeah, yeah I've heard of those too yeah and I, if you're someone that's like well Claire I don't have any other time available when I can go on dates <laughs> what I would say is like think about how can you transition from that work version of yourself to you to yeah. actually just you when you're relaxed and think about the energy you're in when you're around friends or the energy you're in when you're around family or the energy you're in when you're doing something that you really, really love. And how can you get yourself into that energy? And that might be meditating. It might be that you're going to dance and move your body. It might be that, I don't know, maybe going to the gym helps and you kind of shift it and it helps you to to mm. sort of soften. But thinking about almost like what's like a pre-date ritual that I can do that kind of 
gets me into the mood of like, let's just see what happens. Like, this is fun. Let's go with the flow of this rather than that. Oh, let me just get my fucking checklist out and we're going to interview this guy and ask him loads of questions. And because I think when you go into it like that, the other person doesn't really get the chance to show the best version of themselves either. No. Because they kind of feel a bit like, oh, I'm being interrogated. I'm being interrogated here. So yeah, I think that's really important to just be aware of like, what kind of energy am I in when I'm going into dates and what works for me and where can I just kind of show up as yeah the the most relaxed version of myself for some people that's coffee some people like going for a walk because then you don't have to be yeah. sitting directly across from I've someone I've heard that apparently if you don't make eye contact with someone consistently actually you're more willing to be more open yeah which is why people in long car journeys open up more yeah apparently eye contact's distracting is that right yeah so I think that um it can feel intense for some people mm. as well like I love eye contact. <laughs> I love going on a date. If a guy can really look me in the eye when he's talking to me, I actually find that sexy. Yeah. Um, but for some people, that's not something that feels good for them. So definitely, I think when it's side by side, it takes the pressure off. And they have done studies into that. Logan Yuri um, talks about it in her book, How to Not Die Alone. Oh, yeah, it's a good um, book. That. Yeah, like it. it's, it's a really good book. Definitely um, one I'd recommend. Yeah, so that can sometimes take the pressure off. Or maybe you're like, do you know what? To feel relaxed and feel fun like I like going to a bar you don't need to drink alcohol you can go along and just mm. sit sometimes like people enjoy being those in those just environments so like yeah, yeah like it's a bit more relaxing yeah like just tapping into like what are the kind of dates that I enjoy mm. going and on the spaces that I want to be in yeah absolutely because it, it's interesting how you said about that pre-date ritual because I think a lot of people in cities like London and Edinburgh for those early dates, they will do them after work on a weekday because yeah. it feels too much to give someone your Friday night, Saturday yeah. night, Sunday, which is actually really interesting because I'm thinking now, I like the advice of before you go on the date, go home. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because it's like a reset for you a little bit. You yeah. can go home, you can like maybe even change your clothes if that will help, get out of your work clothes, yeah. retouch up your makeup, even have a drink at home, whatever it is you want to do to like yeah. you said, do your ritual, get you into your relaxed, happy state of yeah. yourself. Yeah, I think so many people from, because you know, everyone's really busy. They just go straight from work to the date. Their only time then to kind of get into their self would be on the commute to yeah. the bar I mean put a meditation on that would be my advice yeah <laughs> meditate on the tube I on don't know if tube. that's possible yeah. <laughs> but you can see how if you're really wanting these dates to go better for yourself that's something you can easily try and do say you know what let's just meet at eight it gives me an hour just to get home and yeah. reset yeah definitely I think I think that's a great idea and if that's not possible, like taking a change of clothes with you and just thinking about like what's something I can do that takes five minutes. It's just, it's yeah. about change, basically just like changing your physiological state. Cause often when we finish work, we're feeling like feeling stressed or we're feeling tired. Our nervous system feels like a bit dysregulated. So thinking about like, what can I do that just helps me to feel more calm and grounded. So, so you can go into the date and be present. So it's really hard to be present with someone if you're thinking about other things like oh god I forgot to do this and I should have phoned that yeah. client and I need to make I've sure I do that them. tomorrow morning yeah yeah make sure that you've got yourself in a space where you can just go in and just be really present with this mm. person because that's the way for you really to see and feel like what's the connection here like is this someone that I would like to see again or not yeah that's really interesting 
I think the topic that we wanted to like really get into today was how to set yourself up for success in dating, which we've kind yeah. of touched on just there. Yeah. I think the word success is a really interesting word. Yeah. It could have quite a lot of meanings to different people of like yeah. what success is to you in dating. So do you have any advice for people to define their own version of success, like what that would look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing I would say is to sit down with it and journal on it. Like what does success mm. look like and feel like to you in dating? And I think part of that is understanding what your intention is behind dating. So for some people, their intention with dating is maybe they've been in a long-term relationship and they've broken up and they're like, I just want to get myself out there and just practice. Like I just want to practice yeah. connecting with other people and having those conversations and dipping a toe in the water. Or is your intention... I want to meet my life partner. Like yeah. I'm ready, I'm available. This is what I want. And my intention is to explore these connections, to find someone compatible that's got a shared vision with me mm. that we can create together. So I think really just spending that time to get clear on what your intention is behind dating. And then often that will lead to, well, what does success look like for you? So my definition of success in dating is to make interesting connections with people that align with me and my definition of success in my love life will be to meet an aligned partner mm. who has a shared vision with me that we can create an amazing life together so getting really clear on that and when you do that it does make it a little bit easier when it comes to going on these dates because you can start to go okay does this feel like it's aligned with me or not? This isn't me saying that after one date you should be deciding if someone's your life partner. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. But I think that if you go into dating and you've got no intention behind it at all, that's when it can feel really confusing mm. because you're like, what do you want? And it's confusing for other people as well. Yeah. So, and that's when you're going to lead people on exactly. and upset well, just hurt other people really. Exactly. And the thing is there, there's lots of people in the dating pool that don't know what they want. And then you have yeah, to Yeah, they decide. write it on their apps. They yeah. let you know. Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. They say figuring it out. Yeah. And I <laughs> always say people. to people like, yeah, please pay attention to that. I, I It's interesting. There's a Facebook group and it's it's women kind of talking about dating and, and they'll be like oh this guy's put figuring things out on his bio is it a red flag what should I do and I'm like believe them yeah. if someone writes on their bio that they're looking for short-term fun or they're figuring things out don't look at his pictures and go oh my god he's so hot I want to marry this guy he's already told you he's been mm. up front about what he wants and vice versa with guys with women if she's popped it on her bio what she's looking for believer yeah she's not lying to you she's been upfront and honest and I think the issue comes is when people match and start chatting to people that have that on their bio and they're trying to force it into something else so they're like they know that they're really looking for a long-term relationship but they're like oh but he's so hot oh he looks really interesting <laughs> oh he does yoga I do yoga oh my god we should be <laughs> Get together excited, yeah, yeah exactly about that like, one prompt <laughs> yeah exactly like take a little step back and go like this person is sharing something with me does that align with me or not and if it doesn't don't swipe <laughs> just just don't do it to yourself yeah now on hinge there's like an option it says looking for short open to long mm. and I, I never know what that means <laughs> I don't really understand it's kind of saying I'm open to anything really yeah I I don't want to make assumptions about people right? I never do that but my guess would be if somebody's putting that on there's still an underlying fear for them there around of commitment. commitment. Yeah. yeah. And what I would say with that is you need to go into that with your eyes open in terms of 
they might be someone that's great to be with for a short period of time, maybe a few months to date. But if they have still got work to do themselves and mm. they're not actively doing that, I think you just need to be aware of that. I would say go slow with somebody like that if they've got that on their bio yeah. and try to get like as you get to know them, get some clarification. Personally, I wouldn't swipe for someone with that because it's not aligned to what I'm looking for yeah. but I would yeah absolutely I think that's usually an indication that there's an underlying commitment issue there's some kind of fear there around just putting it out there that I want a long-term relationship I would probably guess there's some avoidance in yeah that's, attachment style. that's how I read it <laughs> I read it as I think I should have put long because yeah. maybe long term that's what I want but yeah. I can't really decide right now so I'm kind of putting it off yeah it's almost like a yeah maybe I want that later it's yeah. kind of like an afterthought of oh, I probably should include that because it's maybe in my plan yeah I don't know absolutely and I think as well sometimes people put things like short-term fun and the maybe think well I'm, I don't know if I want to match with the other type of people that put short-term fun so I'm going to put short-term open to long-term and maybe all they are yeah. wanting is short-term but They're they don't want to just put pool, that 100%. yeah exactly and it makes the them up. look maybe a bit more I don't know genuine slash that they'd yeah. attract the people that are looking for long so it just widens that pool of people yeah yeah which absolutely. is maybe like a bit of the evil side of it <laughs> <laughs> don't know if people are that manipulative yeah. but maybe they are yeah. I, I do think some people are yeah I think you just have to I always say with dating like slow things down if especially if you are aware that you've got a more anxious attachment style slow it down slow mm. it down because I know that you are meeting people once or twice and you're already planning in your head that they're going to meet your parents you're getting married <laughs> where are you going on holiday next year I know it I know that's what you're yeah. doing why so. why do we do that I do it too I definitely like hedge towards anxious yeah I try and obviously be insecure as much as possible yeah. but I know naturally like if I let my emotions run wild that yeah. is what I do as well yeah I, I literally can't help it I meet someone and I think like oh where would we live <laughs> like yeah. it's it's insane though yeah <laughs> it's like it's a bit of future projecting and it can come from a few different places so when we lean more anxiously attached there's an underlying fear of abandonment there's a, often a fear of being on our own so it's this feeling of I need to just keep this person mm. close we tend to feel that way like want to get involved with someone really quickly if they lean more avoidant there's science behind this is very interesting but those who are anxiously and avoidantly attached are actually really strongly attracted to each other on a subconscious level even though it's not compatible mm. like longer term it, it can work and um, if you both have awareness and you're both doing the work to shift towards secure attachment but if you're not if you're going into it and you're anxious they're avoidant and neither of you have that much awareness it doesn't tend to work it tends to be a very push-pull dynamic mm. and the other thing is if you notice that you're someone that gets attached really quickly or does the future project and I hear you Katie I used to do this all the time all the time <laughs> I'm a lot like now I really slow things down and I'm, I'm a lot more securely attached but I used to do it and often it can be because actually it's not about the person we're chasing a feeling mm. we're chasing that feeling of I want to feel like somebody wants me and I've got that there's somebody to mm. do stuff someone with someone chooses me yeah, yeah someone it's that feeling of I want to be chosen and it's actually not got an awful lot to do with the person in front of you because how can it when you've only met them once? Yeah. Like, like seriously, I know I know that happens for some people that they meet once and that's the love of their life and I think that's amazing. I love those stories. But I think for a lot of people, it doesn't it's work slow like burn. that. It's yeah. a slow burn and just stepping back and taking things slowly and just really allowing yourself to get to know this person. And instead of thinking like, do they like, oh my God, do they like me? Do they like me? Think about, 
do I like them? Yeah. Am like, I having a good time? Are yeah. they making me feel good? All yeah. those questions. Yeah. And are their actions aligning with their words? And how do I feel when I'm around them? Do I feel safe? Do mm. I feel grounded? And that's only going to come with time, seeing whether someone's words and actions align. You're not going to see that on a first date because pretty much everybody, regardless of attachment style, will show up well on a first date. They will be consistent. Yeah. They will be interested. They will be like messaging you and I'm looking forward to seeing you. They will they will have that. They know how to behave. They yeah. know how to behave, exactly. And then what you need to watch is what happens over the next four to six weeks. Mm. Is that level of consistency and interest maintained or is it dipping right off? And if it's dipping right off, you need to ask yourself, like, is this someone that I want to continue investing time and energy into? And it might be that you want to have a conversation with this person, or it might be that you decide, you know what, he is so inconsistent that I'm not interested in this. This yeah. isn't what I want. We know what success looks like for us. Yep. We've defined success. Yep. <laughs> We've done our journaling. We've done it. We've been and journaling, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we, we think we're ready. We're yeah. ready to meet some new people. Yeah. Let's say we've gone to a singles event or we've gone on the apps and yeah. we've found someone that we're like, okay, they've got in their bio looking for long term. They're ticking all the things yeah. that you've decided that you want. How do we achieve this success? So we found this person. How, yeah. how do we move it on to someone yeah. that could potentially be our successful partner? Yeah. So I think the first thing is you have to take the outcome off an individual that is really important because otherwise it can put a lot of pressure on oh my goodness I find this person they're ticking boxes he has to be the one she has to be the one so take the pressure off that just this is a potential this is an opportunity to get to know somebody and I mean first of all if you're on the apps and you're chatting let's get this person on an, in real life date mm. let's do that I discourage clients against chatting to someone for weeks and weeks before they meet up. Yeah, it's a recipe for broken hearts. It's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it really is. And the reason for that is what our mind will do is it will fill in the gaps. So when we're chatting to someone via message, or even if it's voice note or phone calls, there's always going to be information that's not included in that. And quite often our mind will fill, fill in the gaps in a mm. favorable way. So we build up an impression of this person in our heads. And the longer that goes on for, the more chance there is that when you meet them, it's just not going to align. Yeah. You're going to be like, well, I thought he was going to be like this and actually he's really different. So I'd always say move this on to an in real, real life date as soon as you can. If they're ticking boxes in terms of you're aligned and what you want and like the initial few messages, you're like, yeah, I'm liking, yeah. liking the vibe of this person. Get them on a date. A wee kind of top tip is if you are chatting and so I'm talking from a woman's perspective, a straight woman, and you're chatting to someone, a guy, and he hasn't asked you on a date yet, and I would say if you're two days in and he's not asked you on a date, we need to get this guy on a date. Yeah. Like we're not here for fucking pen pals, right? No, if yeah. you've decided what you want. <laughs> so just say to him like, hey, like I'm really enjoying this conversation or I would love to continue this on in person. Yeah. Winky face, cute emoji, whatever your style is. <laughs> and that will give you the information that you need. Because if you're chatting just to someone direct, who, yeah. Yeah, who genuinely has those intentions, they'll be like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, when are you free? Let's get it in the diary. If someone's very like, oh, well, mm, yeah. Mm. I'm a bit busy. I'm a yeah. bit busy or there's a lot of stuff going on or they lose interest. Oh, I'll let done, you know. That's I'll let the you know. Yeah, oh. yeah, I'll let you know. Oh, nobody Kills likes to me. hear that. I no. know. They say that. <laughs> You've not wasted weeks talking to them. You've maybe spent a couple of days and you can go, okay, this person isn't the person and I can just kind of let them go. So 
I think first of all let's get people on the date second of all when you're on the date with somebody this isn't about the checklist so what do you do for a living how much do you earn um what are your hobbies um what's your five-year plan like can you write this all down how many children do you want what are their names boy and girl two boys twins how do you feel right we're, we're not gonna we don't need to be doing this on the first date but you just want to see like are we aligned in some of our like get get in tune with what are my values what's really Mm. really important to me in a person what do I really value in somebody else is it honesty is it kindness is it ambition is it fun is it adventure and see whether the person is aligning with some of those core values Mm. and really be present with yourself and notice like how do I feel in my body around this person do I feel calm do I feel like I'm being seen heard and understood are they asking me questions? Are they taking a genuine interest in me as a person? And what I would say is first dates, I would cut people some slack. I've definitely been on dates, first dates yeah. with guys where just they've nervous. just nervous and they've just talked about themselves. And I've been like, okay, I'm just noticing that they didn't ask me a lot of questions. Let's see if that's how they show up the next mm. time. And usually they don't. The next time they're more relaxed and they're more actually like there's a reciprocal backwards and forwards conversation. But just being aware of like, how do I feel in my body around this person? And then afterwards, like asking yourself, how did I feel about that? And am I curious about seeing them again? You don't need to be feeling like you have to rip their clothes off for this to be a successful thing. And I say this because before I had had done the work on myself and, and all the sort of self-awareness, I would only really see guys again if I met them on a the first date and I immediately wanted to have sex with them mm. because I was very anxious and I was very strongly attracted to avoidant men. So like noticing that and going like, you have to find someone physically attractive, right? Because yeah. otherwise it's not a romantic <laughs> thing. But if you're like, do you know what? Yeah, like the, this person, grow, this could grow. Like this person's attractive, they're interesting I've had a good time I feel like I've been you know fairly relaxed about them I feel like I've been able to be myself see them again if you get to the end of the first date and the thought of them kissing you repulses you it's not a romantic connection (laughs) that's a no if you feel very neutral about it if you're like well yeah that would be okay I'm not like really excited about the thought but I would be okay with that Mm. see if it grows if it gets to the third date and things haven't grown at all and you're like I'm still not really feeling that I would want this to progress in a romantic way. It's probably more of a friendship thing. I do appreciate that for some people that meet outside of dating apps or dating events, like, I don't know, sometimes if you work with somebody and you can gradually grow attracted to them and it takes weeks and months for that to happen. But I think the reality is in the, the dating world is we're meeting people and we're probably wanting to make those decisions within three or four dates because we're not wanting to invest months and months into someone and go, I still don't fancy him. It's not going anywhere. I think you're right. I think those like the ones that grow over months and months, that's not really a conscious thing. That's a subconscious thing that you don't really plan for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're not. You're not yeah. You shouldn't be out here trying to hope that it changes in months and months' time. Yeah, exactly. Because you could spend a long time yeah, otherwise. A lot of wasted time. Yeah, a lot of wasted time. There, there has to be that physical attraction, that sexual attraction. But I think it's super important if you're looking for something long term, there has to be that compatibility in mm. terms of values, shared visions, like bigger things like do you want kids or not? Like that is a big thing. I'm late 30s. I don't want my own kids. I love kids. I'm brilliant with kids. I don't want my own kids. And that is a, it's a big thing because yeah. I will meet guys where that is a deal breaker and they're like, no, I do. But I would much rather know that early, very, yeah. very early on. Yeah. I don't want to be six months into a relationship with someone mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, by the way, um, having kids is a deal breaker for me. Yeah. 
that's then my deal breaker too and you've invested all this time and energy so don't be afraid to have the bigger conversations particularly if you're dating and you are late 20s onwards Mm. because these are the things that you want to make sure that there's alignment with if you're dating with the intention of longer term yeah it's interesting because I've definitely I'm 28 and I've really felt a shift in how people date now it's got a lot more honest which I think is a really good thing but I think it's because like everyone has that fear around the 30 number yeah and you're closing it and people like actually now I don't want to mess around anymore like if I do want a family I might have to get a, yeah. <laughs> get a move on. I only date straight men. Yeah. And that's not really something that I felt from men before until yeah. now. I was at a singles event the other day and we were talking and it even came up then. Like we weren't even, yeah. no one had even said that anyone liked each other, but it was a, a conversation around, it wasn't even saying like, I want two kids. It was mm. more just like, that is in my vision. And I yeah. thought that was really interesting to hear from a man because I've yeah. only ever really heard it from women being quite sure about that. Yeah, I think it's it's really important. And I think that if you have that conversation with someone and you're not aligned with something like that, but you get on really well, there's no reason why that can't be a friendship. I've definitely yeah. had that with guys where they've been like, I absolutely want my own kids. And I'm like, I don't, but we get on really well. So let's be friends. This hasn't crossed into anything else. So let's continue yeah, this no on as a really friendship. Hurt by it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very healthy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Look at you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must, do you feel some pressure as a coach to like always always have like healthy relationships it must be quite tough yeah like I definitely for me it is super important that I embody the work that I teach yeah so I do have to check myself at times bet, and yeah. be like Claire what like, are you doing <laughs> yeah like let's take a step back and let's realign because I never want to be someone that gives all this sort of dating advice and mentorship and coaching and then my love life is a shit show like (laughs) that's not how I want it to be so I'm definitely like a a very conscious dater I be as upfront and honest as I can be with people about Mm. what I want and what I'm looking for but yeah there's definitely that thing where to be honest it's probably a good thing because it does I again I just check in with myself and I'm like are you practicing what you preach, Claire? Okay, let's make a little yeah. shift, a little adjustment. By the way, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm absolutely not saying no. that. There's definitely no things is, where yeah. I'm like, oh, Claire, for goodness sake. But we're human. We're yeah. human. And I it think- probably just helped that they should like, for you to check in with yourself and be yeah. like, is this something that I would say to my client? Yeah. So this was a question actually that I got from my audience when I polled the Instagram. Oh, amazing. Um, They said, as a dating coach, what are your opinions around app dating versus in real life? Which I think is such a big topic, isn't it, at the moment? Massive. This is a huge thing. Okay, so I think both of them are valuable, but we need to look at them in a more neutral way. So with the dating apps, what I notice is there can be a lot of negativity around it in terms of, oh, like the dating apps are useless and I never meet anyone and it's just always the same type of person. And what I would say is dating apps are not good or bad, they're neutral. They're just a thing and they're a way of connecting with people that you wouldn't necessarily come across in real life. I think that if you can use them with intention and you can be conscious about how you use them, they can be really useful. Mm. I have met some really cool people through, like genuinely so I, cool and, people through and dating nice, apps. And nice people yeah, too. And like, nice genuinely honest humans. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you're using the dating apps and you're either just going on rubbish dates or you're not finding anyone interesting to match with or there's a real pattern for you and it's not a good pattern, 
I think it's about going, okay, what are some changes that I could make mm. to help improve the experience? It is very easy just to go, there's just no good men out there. There's just no good women out there. But that's not actually taking accountability for yourself and the way that you're showing up. This isn't me invalidating anyone's bad experience on dating apps, by the way, because I know some people have horrible experiences on the yeah. dating apps. I'm not saying that that doesn't go on and that that is your fault at all. But what I'm saying is if there is a pattern, let's look at the ways that that can start to be broken to make the dating apps a more positive experience. Having said that, maybe dating apps just aren't for you. Like yeah. for some people, they just don't want- They can't it, work for everyone, yeah, it's true. Yeah, can't like, be like a 100% fit yeah, model. Yeah, like if you do not want to use the dating apps, do not use the dating apps. There's no rule book that says that you have to, but I yeah. think if it's something that you're open to using- and you're comfortable to trying out some different things, it can be a, a really good way to to connect with other people. So just see it as a neutral thing. It's it's just a um, way of facilitating connections. I think if you put the pressure on of, oh my God, the only way to meet my person is on a dating app, it puts so much expectation and pressure on it. Mm. People feel that energy. Like they really do feel that if you're using a dating app in that way. And I think if you can step back and ground yourself and go, okay, what's my intention? What do I really want? Let's have a look at my dating bio. Is there anything that I can shift and change? And if you're unsure, get help, get some support with it. There's no shame in saying, do you know what? I'm going to buy a webinar, I'm going to buy a course, I'm going to have a session with a dating coach to help me to up-level like this area yeah. of my life and to, to use the dating apps in a way that works for me. And within real life dating, I like it. Like I do like it. There's a, a real resurgence of it, I think, over the mm. last couple of years. Definitely. What I like about it is I like that I think that when you meet somebody, you can establish fairly quickly if there's a vibe. Like if you're feeling oh, an energy from this person and you're like, yeah, this person's cool. I'm kind of feeling this. And I like the singles events that are not so much speed dating, but more just getting single people in a, in a room. room. Yeah, that's the only ones I attend and I really, really like yeah. them. I've been to three in the last few weeks, which yeah. is maybe a bit much. Yeah. But to <laughs> be honest, like, I really love them. <laughs> I was really, every night. Every night. <laughs> I was really enjoying them. Like two of them. I didn't meet anyone, but I yeah. still had a really good time because, yeah. yeah, okay, fine. I didn't meet anyone that maybe I'd want to like text the next day, but I still met, like you said, just interesting, cool people. Yeah. And if anything, it was just reassuring that there's a whole room of people here who are also all looking. Yeah. Like that's really a nice atmosphere to be in. I often went with some friends and maybe they found someone that they were interested in and you could just be happy for them. Like it was just a really supportive environment I found. Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, it's about opening up your networks. I've been to a few single socials in Edinburgh. So I'm going to give a wee shout out to Pip Social, who nice. runs some socials <laughs> events in Edinburgh. Jenny and Sarah, what they're doing is amazing. Um, and I've been to a few of their events over the last month. And I've made some really cool pals. Yeah. Like really, really nice friends from it as well. And again, it's that whole opening up and broadening your network. And I'm like, well, if these are cool people, they're going to know, know cool people. And yeah, I think that in real life, stuff is really good I think you can get a vibe for people I understand that some people feel nervous about it or they're telling themselves stories like is this a bit cringe is this a bit awkward yeah. what are people gonna think nobody fucking cares no, everyone's there for the same reason exactly. no one cares yeah yeah and no one's judging you because they've all done the same yeah the only people there have also bought a ticket so yeah they can't be judging you exactly and I think it's it's really good practice to be in a room full of people and just to chat yeah, and be exactly. yourself and like when you can do that like the people that are your people are going to gravitate towards you so from these events like I have met people on each one that I've 
you know, gone on a date with. I've mm. also made some connections that are friends connections and they've all been like really really awesome people but they they probably are quite aligned just by choosing the event yeah I think that's like a really key point that people miss yeah it's like if they're the kind of people I always say it with my podcast alumni as well they often podcast people often date podcast people yeah but it's because they're aligned in the sense that they've both chosen to do that maybe slightly out the box activity yeah and it's the same with if you've gone to that event it's likely that they you know maybe they found it via the same social media channels as you yeah you know you can have stuff that I think has somehow both got you to that same space that same brand that same group yeah it's really interesting absolutely and I always think like I think this is really like if there's a room full of people and they've come to an in real life event I'm like that's really cool that everybody in this room brave enough has been brave enough to do that because I understand I mean I'm a massive extrovert, right? So I love it. Me and too. With it, like, I think that's why I love them I, I so much. I absolutely love it. And the nature of what I do, I do a lot of speaking and in-person workshop delivery, both for my dating coaching and my veterinary coaching. So it's my that is actually my comfort zone to mm. be in a room full of strangers and Me. to network. Yeah, I think yeah, we like, are slightly like, unusual in that yeah, sense. Yeah, which I understand. I appreciate for a lot of people, they're like, you must be nuts. That's my worst nightmare. But what I would say is when you can like allow yourself to just push out your comfort zone a little bit and do it, you'll probably find that you're like, that was actually all right yeah I can like, do that it that was cool I, I can do it and if one of these events is so friendly they like, are they like they're so nice and they chat and they're lovely so I would definitely recommend like especially if you use the apps and you're like you're it doesn't feel good start looking to meet people in other ways and it doesn't just have to be like singles events it might be that you look at what's something that I really want to make time for maybe it's mm. yoga maybe it's a craft class whatever it might be and just practice talking to people when you're out and about when you go and get your morning coffee instead of standing and just looking at your phone chat to the person next to you in the queue chat to the person like behind the counter like practice having that inhuman connection and I think part of it is we've kind of forgotten a little bit with like Mm. covid and and everything that went on with that but also people are so glued to these little screens like on their phones and I see it all the time. You I go always to think and... about the tube. If we were all looking around, yeah. I swear there'd be so many connections. Yeah. I actually got asked out on the tube yesterday. Did you? Yeah, oh and my I couldn't God, believe I it. Love Unfortunately, this. I didn't really find him very attractive. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a shame. But I really, I said to him, I really appreciate that you came up to me and you gave it a go. Yeah. And also that now you're being polite and I respectfully declined. But yeah. like I said to him, I think, you know, keep going because yeah. someone will really like this. Yeah. Because you just took initiative. We were stood on the platform, so no one had their phone out. And it was, yeah. I thought like, I wonder if we're all like this all the time. I think probably people would still have maybe a book. Yeah. But it's a bit easier to like, you know, look up from a book yeah. now, every now and then rather than a screen. Yeah. It's, um, it's, do you know what? I was driving the other day and I drove past a bus stop. There must have been 12 people at this bus stop. Every single person had their phone out. It was yeah. looking at it. And I felt sad. I actually felt sad. I was like, we've lost that kind of ability to just connect with people and people sometimes think it's weird when you talk to them and I'm like no I think it's amazing like I love that you had that experience I would love that again yeah, someone I did having I had to tell yeah. them I was like I promise you other people will really like this so yeah. I didn't want him to like get that rejection and then be like oh 
Yeah. I won't do it again. And I made yeah. sure to make him feel like he wasn't being creepy. I was yeah. like, this is something I've wanted to do definitely before and I've not been brave enough. So I was like, yeah. I really appreciate that you tried. I love that. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. And I love that you gave him that feedback as well. Yeah, I felt like I had to because yeah. I was like, please do this to someone else though. Like yeah. this is such a nice way to meet someone if it did work out yeah yeah and it's interesting because I think sometimes people avoid doing that in real life because they are scared of the rejection because it's so in your face Mm. and immediate whereas if you use a dating app you don't know if you're being rejected because you've no idea if like who's sort of swiping for you yeah and like let's be honest when we're using stuff like tinder and we are hinge and we like someone or we swipe for them it's not like we're sitting going oh I wonder if that guy that I swiped for three days ago is going to like me back you forget instantly you forget they're kind of the apps are sort of designed in that way so yeah I think just more in-person connection but not just romantically in general like let's just be kinder let's talk to each other Mm -hmm. let's show interest in other people's lives even if it's just a really brief interaction I saw a lady on the tube yesterday and she had amazing shoes on and when I went to get off I was like by the way I absolutely love your shoes she was buzzing yeah she was so buzzing it made her day and I love being able to do that for somebody Mm. and it makes my day when someone would say something like that to me or interacts with me and I think let's bring that back like Mm. let's be the change and be like no let's have more in-person in-human connection and I definitely believe that if you put that out into the universe you're gonna get it back like 100%. 100% people like that like guys like it if you're out and you approach them they do because I think I find a lot more nowadays as well I think post me too I think rightly so men are a bit more scared of being yep. called creepy yeah you know or being seen as harassing so I think especially like maybe the more decent men that have taken lessons from that Mm. kind of movement to be like actually yeah I need to give women space yeah I think they really appreciate when you make the move and make it obvious so then they can be like oh this is someone I can pursue absolutely and I think that is another key point is being open and obvious with it because Mm. something that I have noticed which is really interesting just from my own dating experiences is I've been on like first dates with guys and thought that I was being really obvious that I liked them (laughs) and then And it's maybe been a few dates in and we've been chatting and they've been like oh I wasn't sure if you liked me on the first date or not and I'm like are you joking I was like touching your arm and being really tactile and like (laughs) flirting with you and and some of them are just absolutely clueless so I would say like definitely make it obvious like if you see somebody that you you like like smile at them like go over and chat and say hey and make it obvious that you're be warm and welcoming and make it obvious that you're kind of interested and whether that goes somewhere or not like like you said you never know when you're going to meet someone and they reciprocate that or they approach you and you're like oh my god this bitch just come up to me and I was not expecting this and this is really cool and again just treating people as people like something another thing that I think is quite a it's quite a cool wee tip when you're out and about if somebody like your experience on the tube somebody approached you you didn't nest you weren't necessarily romantically interested in but you were very kind in the way that you approach that situation if you're in a bar and someone comes over and you're like oh he's really not my type what I would say is be kind like still have a brief interaction with this person the reason being one it's nice to be kind like let's not be dickheads like let's (laughs) treat people as people yeah and like you said like just decline grace like graciously Mm. But the other thing is when you're having that in-person interaction, you have no idea who else is watching that. So if a guy comes over to you and you're like, oh, what are you like? Get away. I'm not interested. Or you're very like 
just shut down immediately and very cold there could be a guy that is potentially a match for you that's watching is like oh my god I'm not going to approach her now have you just seen have you just seen the way that like she shut that guy down so what I would say is like be open and friends with people it's not leading anyone on it's just been like hey like I really like you said I really appreciate you coming over I think that's so cool that you did that I'm not interested or that's not for me just now but I really appreciate it be warm be gracious and people notice that they'll be like oh maybe I can I can go up and yeah. shoot my shot she's not gonna completely shoot I have a really down. nice example of it's similar um one of my friends went on a date they didn't really have anything romantically there but the girl actually messaged him after to say I didn't really feel it I think mm. we like both felt that same way but I've got a friend that I think you'll really get on with. So if he'd been maybe not nice to her on that date, she would have never then like recommended him on almost. Because it's like you said, they maybe you guys don't match, but they might have other people in their network that you match with better. Yeah. And that's such a glowing review for the for the new friend to be like, oh, you've already kind of vetted him. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going in with a really positive mindset. And the same for him to be like, oh, we've kind of been set up, but yeah. He was like, I'm, I'm going to go on this date because I think it, why not? It could be really good. Yeah. I'm going to trust this, this yeah. random person yeah. to set us up. Yeah. But I just, I do think it creates like a nice energy around, you've both been kind of verified. Yeah. I've got a few more questions. Yes, let's From the do audience. It. Yeah, Is that yeah, okay? I love these. This one was, should I pay for dating apps? Okay, interesting. <laughs> I think you probably need to sit with what would be your reason for considering paying for them in the first place so is it because you're not enjoying the experience that you're currently having Mm. what I would say is are there things that you could like tweak to improve that before you pay for it I mean for some people right I guess it depends which app it's on some people are like I only want to see the people that are interested in me and I think that can be helpful if you have got a bio Mm. that is very specific on what it is that you're looking for and you're really clear you've got that real clarity on it has to be someone that wants a long-term relationship and they have to have these values and you're very set in what you want paying for it can be helpful because all it's going to show you is the people that like your bio Mm. and not I mean some people are just going to swipe for the photos that's just the reality of the apps but you are narrowing down that pool and I guess it can reduce the time that you're spending I think that's why most people want to pay they want to kind of just speed up the process but then I do think is that more of a is that also a bit of a red flag for you to say like why are you trying to rush this yeah is that then uh you're so desperate to get to that point that you're not actually going to pick someone who's good for you yeah I think there has to be like really sitting with like what's my reason behind doing that and Mm. if it is because you're like I am genuinely really busy professional I'm very very short on time I'm very specific on what I want I'm using the apps to connect with people that potentially want the same thing it can be helpful what I would say is in my own experience I have probably had paid versions of tinder bumble I don't think I've ever paid for Hinge because I find Hinge a much slower experience anyway. Mm. It's not like Tinder and Bumble with dozens of matches. What I would say is in my experience, despite having very, very detailed dating app bios, I would still like literally get thousands of people Mm. liking my stuff and I was still having to wade through yeah Yeah, still having to like wade through all these people that had liked my bio. So does it save time? 
Yeah, maybe but not. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe, maybe not, not as much as we think. Or maybe it um, just floods you with an overwhelming yeah. sense of choice and that's yeah. really unhelpful. Yeah, I think probably a better thing to think about is looking at the, the main dating apps. So the ones that I would consider like the most mainstream ones, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, Field. Yeah. So I've been using Field recently and I really, yeah, really like it. I've heard really good things I about Field. I really like it. And the reason I like it is I think there's a lot more open-minded, self-aware, conscious people on there that's, that's been my I've experience heard. so yeah. far but I think looking at okay what are the apps that I prefer to use and what are the apps that I use that are perhaps not in the most healthy way so for me tinder full of dopamine hits mm. fun to go on and binge for an hour but I can find it quite addictive so that is not the best app for me to be using bumble you're having to always be the one that's making the conversation first and there's a timer that runs out that doesn't work for me because sometimes I'm really busy and I the physically don't have the time. Yeah. I've, I don't like that. I quite like Hinge because you can reply to individual prompts and it's a slower process. Mm. So it's not as overwhelming. You're not generally getting as many matches. You can actually spend some more time looking at people's bios and connecting. And then Field, for me, that's probably the one that, well, it's the only one that I'm on at the moment that I'm enjoying because I just feel like the people that are on there are a lot more upfront and honest about what they want from the get-go and they put it in their profile yeah they put it in their profile it's very obvious to kind of see and it's not to me there's not as much of a like dopamine hits as tinder so I feel for me it's a healthier one Mm. to be using so I think it's looking at like what are the options and what's going to work best for me in my lifestyle and my preferred ways of using the apps some women love Bumble because they love to be the one that's in control of making that conversation. I actually kind of prefer it if the guy messages me first. I like that. I um, do too. It's funny. That's my preference. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's me leaning into my feminine energy though yep. of like, I do want someone to take a bit of initiative. Yeah. And that is what I'm looking for in a relationship as well. Yeah. I don't want to be the person who plans all the time. I've had those relationships. They're not very fulfilling. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sit in my masculine energy and be the doer all the time. Yeah. Like that is not what I want absolutely I hear you with that and I'm the same I, I'm very much looking for someone to take that masculine lead to be able to plan and organize because yeah. there's a lot of masculine energy that that comes with running businesses and um, well, exactly also yeah. with the veterinary work very much in masculine energy decision making doing taking action so I really like to be in my feminine when I'm dating me too. to have someone to take the lead um so yeah I think it's just looking at what are the apps that work for me so if it comes to the crux of it do I think dating apps are worth paying for I don't think you need to yeah would be what I would say but I've, if it's I've some... never paid for one and yeah I don't feel like I've been at any disadvantage yeah I've, I've tried it and I, I don't honestly feel that it's enhanced my experience of yeah. using the apps but I think it... if you're really struggling at paying for a dating coach would be a much better way to I spend do. your money yeah I think like investing in yourself, in yourself and getting to know yeah. yourself and those patterns and having the tools and techniques would, just, would be I think much... it's like 30 pound a month that like you could then go to like basically a singles event with that yeah. money yeah you could do quite a lot with it yeah absolutely I, I think that would be a better investment is using the apps for free and actually paying to go to some in real life yeah. events and just mixing it and up like I said, a little not bit. even just singles events just anything that Aye, you enjoy something you enjoy yeah, yeah go like, to paint and sip you know when you paint and sip yeah. wine like you just never know yeah exactly um, this is an interesting question is it true people tend to choose partners that represent their parents 
when they are <laughs> choosing, up, yes. yeah, when they are choosing from an un- unconscious place. And the reason being is we will pick a type of love that feels familiar. Mm. Uh, for example, if you're a woman and you your dad was quite emotionally unavailable and avoidant and you felt like you always had to prove yourself, prove how worthy you were, achieve, 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 to be shown any love or affection or to feel any value, you will continue to recreate that in your adult life until you have that awareness and you realize there's a pattern and you want to break it because it doesn't feel good. Mm. So yeah, people absolutely do that. And the reason for that is they are subconsciously trying to recreate that story so they can then create a different ending. So it's actually more that they're trying to heal that relationship with the parent mm. and they're doing it through the choices they're making romantically. But most people are doing this from a completely unconscious place. They don't have the awareness yeah. that that's what they're doing. So they pick love that feels familiar. If you are securely attached... You wouldn't and do that. You yeah. wouldn't do that because you have been shown love in a different way as a child and growing up and you recreate that which generally is from a much more healthy secure space Mm. than someone who has an anxious and avoidant or disorganized attachment style so yeah that's exactly it's exactly what we do so maybe if someone says to you like oh you remind me of whichever parent that's yeah. maybe a bit of a red flag <laughs> I would I would look at it with interest yeah. I would be like this is interesting, interesting that you're thing that you've said that. and, and I maybe be, ask why yeah I, yeah I'd be if interest- it's like oh because she's really kind that's yeah, fine that's yeah. good yeah I'd be interested from an attachment style point of view like do they know what their attachment style is and if they say they're securely attached I would probably feel absolutely okay with that if they're like oh, actually, I think I'm quite avoidant. I'd be like, oh, that's really interesting. It's <laughs> very interesting that you've noticed that. But yeah, that is that is what we do. It's, it's fascinating. It's really it's interesting. It's fascinating the yeah. way that we work. Okay, and final one. Um, this came up twice, actually, from two different people. How do I get out of the friend zone? It's okay. Out, so out of the friend zone. I don't know the context of this. We can talk yeah. about it in two ways. So I think that if you have an existing friendship with somebody... And you notice that you're starting to develop feelings for them. Mm. I think you need to be very aware that that may not be reciprocated. And what impact is that going to have on the friendship? So I think it's about asking yourself, what do I value more? Do I value this person's friendship more? Or do I value the opportunity to see whether this could be Something. something else? And I think it's about deciding that. And if you're like, I value the friendship more maybe you decide that actually I've set the boundary for myself that this is just a friendship and it's not going to go any further. If it's something where you're like, I value the opportunity to explore this, then I think it is about having a conversation with the other person or bringing the subject up and Mm. seeing what their response or reaction is. But I I think there needs to be the awareness that this could potentially negatively impact the, the dynamic depending on how secure and strong that underlying friendship is so if it's something where you're like well you know we're friends but we've slept together before and we've kind of crossed or we've kissed before and we've crossed you've already kind of Mm. had those boundaries blurred a little bit then I think it's about like having the conversation of hey like I know we're friends and like we've hooked up a few times and I'm starting to realize that I'm developing feelings let's talk about that I think if where do you sit I think if all it's ever been is a platonic friendship then you think you really need to sit into how would I feel if this doesn't go the way that I want it to go is it possible for me to 
or, or it might be that you're like I've developed so many feelings it's not possible for me just to be friends to be with friends this person anymore, yeah. and the friend and that would be an easier decision and that's I easier guess. decision because then you're like well I've kind of got nothing to lose because I can't continue to be in the friend zone with them because my feelings are so strong and if they do say no then I'm not at a loss because I couldn't progress the friendship anyway and if they do say yes well that's a great opportunity mm. for us to explore that I think if it's dating I think if you're on a dating app again and you're chatting to someone and it's kind of like not really going anywhere again as I'd mentioned before open up that invitation to meet up in real life yeah let's progress this connection let's see if we can establish if this is a friendship or if it's something more and if you've never even met this person you're not going to know until you meet them Mm. you're genuinely not like I some of the dates that I've enjoyed the most are dates where I've not had any expectations at all and I've met the person I'm like oh my god there's a vibe or I find him really attractive and I wasn't expecting that so get them on a date get Mm. them in real life let's see what the vibe is let's have a conversation and kind of go from there Um, and but I think all of it is about taking action whether it's taking action with the other person or whether it's taking action with yourself and your decision of do you know what I value this friendship so much that this isn't going to go it is a friendship yeah and I'm not going to allow this from my side to develop into anything else and I think like maybe the only final other version which I've definitely had before is you've dated someone and then they've told you actually I only see this more as friends yeah and I think in that case you're just gonna have to believe them yes I don't think you can change that no if you've already tried to date yeah no I think you just you have to accept that and that yeah. can be really hard really when hard. like you felt something and you're like oh I really like I feel this and they're kind of like I'm not I think you have to like you said you have yeah. to believe them you have to accept it and then you have to decide like does it feel okay for me to continue this as a friendship and it's okay to say no yeah. it's okay to say do you know what I can't be friends with you because what I feel for you is more than a friendship connection mm. and to walk away and sometimes that's the kind of thing to do for yourself rather than going oh yeah of course we can be friends and then you feel tortured every time they talk yeah. about their dating life I literally like, know, is, know someone yeah. who goes through this they reply to their Instagram stories constantly and he, he thought there was a connection there and then she kind of, they never had a proper conversation, but mm. it was very obvious from her end that it wasn't that way inclined. You know, he thought he was going on a date and then it ended up being a group thing, mm. one of those. And she replies to stories constantly because she just thinks, I'm assuming that they're just platonic friends. Yeah. And every time I get screenshots of them because he's like, what does this mean? And I'm like, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Like, I think this Stop is- Stop replying. Oh my God. Like, this is a really big thing. I get asked this all the time, like- what does it mean? What does it mean when he replies to my Instagram story? What does it mean when he DMs me? What does it mean when he doesn't message me for two days and then he responds? And stop trying to get in someone else's head because you're never going to know what's going on in their head. Sit back and go, is this okay for me? And is this something that I want to accept? It's clearly hurting you and that's what we should be focusing on. Like, how is it making you feel? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire. You've been amazing. Oh, I have Thank loved it. So it's been much. so much fun. Thank oh, you good. for having me. Can you tell everyone like where they can find more of your stuff, like your Instagram, your work, TikTok, whatever you want? <laughs> Absolutely. So come find me on socials. I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Claire underscore Gregson underscore coaching. Or you can email me Claire at ClaireGregson.com. Always happy to chat in the DMs. And yeah, come and find me, guys. I would yeah. I would love to connect with you all. Oh, amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Welcome. (laughs)
Thanks so much for listening to Single Sounds today. If you would like to find out more about Single Sounds or Claire, our social media details are in the show notes. Don't forget to also, while you're there, buy your tickets to the live show. I'll see you all in two weeks. And I'll be back next Tuesday with the first single mail of February. See you next Tuesday. Bye.